Hello and welcome to the podcast for the February 2009 issue of The Lancet Oncology. Richard Lane here and this month I'm delighted to be joined by Rob Briley from TLO. Most of this month's podcast will discuss two research articles concerning childhood acute lymphoblastic leukemia or ALL. There has been remarkable progress in this field over the past few years with 80% of cases being cured. But there are important subtypes of the disease where both treatment response and prognosis are poor. Two research articles in this month's issue focus on identifying and characterising more subtypes. Rob, let's start with a paper by Carsten Smith and colleagues. What was the thinking behind this study? About one in five children with acute T-lymphoblastic leukaemia are not cured by current treatment methods. So it is essential that the underlying biology of these patients is better elucidated so that they can receive alternative treatment as soon as possible. Couston Smith and colleagues postulated that some cases of TAL could derive from a recently identified set of cells known as early T-cell precursors. These cells are recent immigrants from the bone marrow to the thymus, which have yet to fully differentiate into any particular mature cell type. They are also known to respond very poorly to standard anti-leukemia drugs. Thanks Rob. So how was the research actually done? Well, the researchers screened the gene expression profiles of lymphoblasts taken from children with TALL to identify any that had features similar to those of the early T-cell precursors. In so doing, they identified cells that exhibited a so-called ETP phenotype. They then screened more patients at their institute to further characterise these patients with this ETP ALL and verified their findings in an independent validation cohort of patients. So what were the key findings from this study? One of the more striking findings of the study is that patients with ETPALL responded extremely poorly to treatment and had a poor disease outcome, with rates of remission, relapse and overall survival much worse than patients with typical TALL. So what are the implications from this, do you think? Well, although the cause of the poor prognosis of these patients has yet to be fully elucidated, one factor could be that the potential stem cell origin of the cancer, which in itself is quite a hot area, a controversial area of oncology at the moment, in this case, the stem cell-like nature of the leukemic cells in these patients could explain the poor response to treatment and hence poor prognosis. The findings also highlight the need to investigate new strategies and drugs with which to treat patients with this new subgroup of leukemia. Another research article in this month's issue of the Lancet Oncology by Den Boer and colleagues concerns the identification of a novel subgroup of patients with acute B-cell leukaemia. Is that right? That's right, Richard. In this paper, Den Boer and colleagues developed a gene expression classifier from children with newly diagnosed B-cell ALL. This classifier was capable of identifying distinct genetic subtypes of disease. Normally, about a quarter of patients have genetically unclassified disease. The researchers in this case found a large number of cases that would normally be classified as B other were actually similar to, but not quite the same as, cases that are usually classified as Philadelphia chromosome positive ALL. As with the previous paper that we just discussed, patients with this new subtype, which could account for 15 to 20% of cases that would previously have been unclassified, had a much worse prognosis than patients with other forms of BALL. Again, these findings were validated in an independent cohort of patients to guard against the play of chance. However, whilst this is an exciting finding, it needs to be replicated in other groups around the world and the underlying biology of the subtype better elucidated before new treatment strategies can be developed. Denbur and colleagues found no single genomic alteration that was common to all the patients with this new subtype, unlike with Philadelphia chromosome positive ALL. Although, interestingly, one of the more common genetic deletions that they found in a gene called IKZF1 has also been shown recently by Mulligan and colleagues in the New England Journal to be associated with a poor outcome and a gene transcription profile similar to the subtype identified here. 
Thanks for that, Rob. And finally, another research article. This is investigating anti-emetic therapy for people receiving chemotherapy, and in particular, the drug palinositron. Rob, before we discuss palinositron and its effects, what's the general approach in terms of anti-emetic strategy for people receiving chemotherapy? Well, nausea and vomiting are among the most problematic of side effects from chemotherapy, especially for patients being treated with highly emetogenic drugs such as cisplatin and the combination of anthracycline and cyclophosphamide. Current recommendations state that a three-drug regimen combining a serotonin antagonist, dexamethasone and an NK1 inhibitor should be the standard to treat such side effects. So what's new about this study? While previous studies of serotonin antagonists showed that the drugs were active in the acute phase, that's to say within the first 24 hours of receiving chemotherapy, they didn't show that the drugs were also effective in the delayed phase, which is for up to five days after receiving chemotherapy. Furthermore, they didn't combine serotonin antagonists with dexamethasone and an NK1 inhibitor, as is the standard of care. Here, Sato and colleagues have done a randomised phase 3 trial of a second-generation serotonin antagonist, palonisetron, in combination with dexamethasone, which is adequately powered to explore the drug's efficacy in both the acute and the delayed phase. Unfortunately, NK1 inhibitors aren't currently licensed in Japan where this trial was done, and so are not included. So what were the key findings here? The researchers showed that, when given before highly emetogenic chemotherapy, polonisetron was no worse than granisetron in the acute phase, and actually better than it in controlling nausea and vomiting in the delayed phase. These findings suggest that polonisetron is perhaps not just another drug to add to the arsenal of anti-emetogenic drugs, but could become the first choice serotonin antagonist when guidelines are updated. Great. Thanks very much, Rob. Those have been some of the highlights from the February 2009 issue of The Lancet Oncology. But there's plenty more in the issue, so we do encourage you, of course, to go and read it. But in the meantime, many thanks to Rob Briley. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next month.